ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is live. I'm your host Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-host KJ over there, T Bone down below. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? What's up? Happy Monday to everybody. Big week. It's not Masters Big Week yet because the Masters is next week. So for the listenership, if you're watching here on YouTube or if you're listening on podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, we're pretty much everywhere. Masters preview is coming next week. Potentially a Masters parody video going to be in the works this week that will drop before the episode. So stay tuned for that. Taking shots at everybody. It's going to be great. So, uh, but fellas, this is a big week because the Houston Open is this week. This is our hometown tournament. H-Town represent PJ Tours back. Course is moving to Memorial. We got a lot to talk about. How excited are you all for the Houston Open this week? I hope we can get out there. I think uh, I think we're going to at least manage to get tickets through somebody uh, for Sunday. I got the member member guest until then, so I'm hoping to get out there Sunday. But I'm excited to see the course, you know, play top quality, ready for a PGA Tour event, just see how, how bad the rough is. It's working out great. The fact that this tournament was – on such the back burner, being in November, losing a sponsor, and then we get a sponsor and we're the week before the Masters and we've got a great field, it's going to be money. We're back. The Houston Open's back because the Houston Open for a long time, there's a lot of history behind it, which we can dive into if we want for the listenership out there, but the Houston Open was essentially dead at one point. Shell pulled out. They were like the third longest title sponsor for the Houston Open. They pulled out. The we didn't we had a tournament for a year, but just didn't have a sponsor, so that was worried. But the uh, the Astros Foundation, Jim Crane, step in, revive the tournament. We got a spot on the schedule, and they moved courses to Memorial Park. So before we dive into the actual tournament tournament itself, I think we need to touch on Memorial Park a little bit. Overall, good good move or bad move to move it to Memorial Park. Well, there's different aspects that I see. Um, one, I love it if it's right in front of the Masters because if you've played that course, besides the rough situation, but that course, since they redid it, it plays a little firmer, and most of the greens remind me more of Masters greens and Masters setup than any course I've played in Houston. Um, you know, hit it, hit it in the center of the green, basically, and – there's some shots that you're just like, all right, it's 10 feet right of where I wanted it. And now I'm 25 yards off the green and I took a bad bounce or yada, yada, yada. So I think it's great in the sense that this course plays more like the masters than a golf club in Houston or more plays more like Augusta. But I'm curious to see what they do with the rough. Cause that rough out there can be absolutely brutal. It just drops straight down to the bottom of it. Um, but you know, you don't really see out at, out at Augusta. Um, yeah, Augusta, parking's going to suck. Parking is going to suck, suck, suck. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be all public transportation pretty much um, is, is your option. So I don't know yet. I'm really excited but kind of scared for this tournament. Um, you got fans. That's part of the scary part. <laughs> um, but the fact that the tournament's in Houston is awesome. I mean, we've been having it in the Houston Open in Humble, which is 
not been very close for anyone to go to. Um, so actually having it in Houston is pretty awesome. Uh, I will say playing, I've, I think we all grew up playing Memorial Park. I like it a lot, but it's hard to take the Muni out of a Muni golf course. I was Have just playing it. Design? Have you played yeah. it? Yeah, I played okay. it probably two or three months ago, and I was just like, this course is great, but I just feel some Muni vibes to it still. I think once they get that clubhouse up and, you know, they expand that, I think that's the Muni feel, you know? Yeah. It's like just the something whole, the like whole a setup there, the whole setup there, they did better with the range, but the whole setup there just makes you feel like it was, you know, built in the seventies and anybody can get on at any point. You don't even have to wear like a collared shirt. That's just a feel. Which you don't. It's, it's a uh, Beck's prime inside Matt driving range with, Strokes on golf balls that have no dimples. It's kind of like a tuxedo shirt, you know. It's like we want to be a little classy, but we're also ready to party at the same time, right? Yeah, which is just not a P- that I just don't see that hosting a PGA Tour event, which is scary. But at the same time, when I'm putting on the greens at Memorial and they're not even fast yet, and I could barely keep my ball in the green, that's when I was like, okay, this is this is going to be dirty. Yeah. Um, there are still a lot of aspects of it that I'm not totally sold on how it's going to go, how the players are going to like it. But overall, having it back in Houston, it's going to get better every year. We should, uh, we're on the right path. So for those who don't know, Memorial Park was completely redesigned. The golf course that we knew growing up and really where I partially claim I learned how to play is it's not the same golf course anymore. There are a few holes that are still kind of the same, but overall it's a completely different golf course. Redesigned by Tom Doak. P, uh, Brooks Kepka was the PJ Tour consultant on the course. So that's pretty cool to have Tom Doak, who's probably the hottest golf course redesigner out there. And then Brooks Kepka, who's just, he's freaking Brooks Kepka. He's awesome. So those are two big names in Houston, which is great. Memorial Park, it's right in the middle of the city. You see the Galleria right there. It's 10 minutes from downtown in a massive park. It's pretty cool, easy to get to, I would say, minus the traffic because there's just a lot of traffic there. But uh, So I think that definitely helps jolt this tournament, especially since a lot of players, they're kind of nervous. They like, play, they like playing courses they're used to. And this is a, a completely new course to everybody. And even Tom Doak and Brooks Kepka have always said, this redesign is hard because you got to make it tough for the pros. But how do you make it playable for the average amateur out there? Right, like how do you? But also, it's got to be the most affordable PJ Tour course in the country. It's thirty-eight bucks to play, which is great. And for us, it's like ten minutes from where we all live. Yeah, that's that is really kind of amazing because you know, two weeks after you know Dustin Johnson's walking down those fairways, we're gonna be able to do it. You know, that's weird that, to think about. That's that's gonna be awesome. Pauline's husband. That's that's are, that's are what we've uh, reduced him to is Paulina's husband. He's always met Paulina's husband, even though I, I don't think they're married. It's just that's Dustin Johnson, dude. Because whenever he goes to the tournament, but Paulina's there, it's kind of Paulina's show. That's very true. That's I, very true. I don't know if I really agree with this. No, we, I, I can 100% move agree with that, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, like I've heard from offhanded sources that when DJ won the U.S. Open, nobody cared about DJ. Is hey, what's Paulina doing right now? Like, is she going to come greet him on the green? It's her show, I'm telling you. Yeah, and wondering what she's wearing, of course. That's always key. 
Right. <laughs> I don't uh, know if Mary I want to get Be careful how you answer that. <laughs> well, my wife's not the biggest fan of Paulina Gretzky. Let's put it that way. So uh, I, don't, just, I don't know if she's listening or not, but. Just to change on. the subject. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just uh, something I saw today. Um, this, or Anthony Kim won the Houston Open 10 years ago um, this year. Ooh, pour one out for AK. RIP. Uh, also a little Houston Open history that uh, kind of ironic. So last week, Brian Gay won the, whatever it was, Bermuda, Bermuda yeah. Championship. Oldest PGA um, Tour winner since Davis Love III, if I'm not mistaken, 48 years old. Wow. Okay, this is going to make my story even better. All right. So it, I want to say the 2008 Shell Houston Open, I was the standard bearer for Brian Gay, Davis Love III, and Paul Guidos. So this is all kind of big picture coming back into play. <laughs> T-Bone, this is meant to be. What's huh? that, KJ? All three of those guys are old goats now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a but, fun uh, fact, T-Bone. How many times were you standard bear? Just once. Mm. But uh, it was a rain delay. So even though I was only the standard bear for the third round, but the, the third round got moved over to Sunday. So I was a standard bear for like 16 holes, and then I had to get there at like 6 a.m. to oh. standard bear for two more holes. Brutal. Ouch. But it was cool because I got to like – they took – vans out to the course so i was like riding in a van for multiple days with those guys and got to know them and it was also weird because no one was going to go out at 7 a.m 6 a.m on a sunday to see like guys who barely made the cut like out on hole 17 or 16 so it was like just us and my dad was there watching because he was just there to watch me so it's like those guys their caddies me and my dad i think my brother was there too and he was just like downing a hot dog at 8 a.m and the caddies like respected the hell out of that. So, <laughs> didn't you go see Davis Love the Third last year for like some sort of meet and greet, and you asked him about it, and he had no clue who you were? <laughs> yeah, this was damn. So I guess this was about a year ago. This must have been uh, last year. So I did really bad research going into that event because he was in Houston. He's sponsored by RSM, which is like an accounting firm or something, and they had a charity event. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm gonna like. You know, I'll have my phone ready to record if, you know, if he can, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like this corporate event that I have no business being at. And when I get an opening, I go up and talk to Davis. I'm like, hey, hey, Davis, can I get a picture? And he's like, yep, uh, get the picture. And he thinks I'm walking away. And I go, you know, by the way, I was actually your standard bearer in uh, 2008 um, here at the Houston Open. He just kind of, nice. Like, that was his response. <laughs> But uh, how did he not remember you? Yeah, no, crazy, crazy. But um, I said, you know, like obviously that didn't land. And I said, I followed it up with, I was like, oh, nice. You, uh, you playing this week? Like you're you're excited to tee it up this week because it's the week of the Houston Open. He's in Houston. He's like, I'm actually playing the the uh, Champions Tour event this week out in like Atlanta or whatever. I was like, oh, (laughs) my bad, bro. (laughs) Swing uh, and a miss. Good work. And even if, and to continue on that story, so when I was, uh, when I was a standard bearer in like 08 or whatever, um, I guess about two months later was the Memorial Tournament. And I, I got to go to the Memorial Tournament with a friend and I started following Davis. And again, there was like no one around. He was walking from a green to a tee box. And I, I stopped him. I was like, hey, Davis. I was like, 
was your standard bearer back at the, the Shell East and Open? And pretty much the same response I got from him again. I was just like, oh, hi. <laughs> so I've, I've caught in Davis off well, guard a few times now, but. If um, you shit the bed with him uh, more than more than two more times, I'm sure he'll start recognizing you just yeah. as the guy who shits the bed every time he talks to him, not as standard bear. Well, in my defense, I just pop out of nowhere. It's not really shit in the bed. It's just there's no reason he should possibly remember who I am. But I figure I roll the dice and see if he, you know. In these sea of faces. Somehow sees us. You got to shoot your out. shot, man. Shoot your shot. Shoot or shoot. Yeah. Yep. Man, he knows. But, yeah, full circle. Well, That's all I got. Good. So – Fellas, let's talk Houston Open now. Who are some of our favorites? And then we'll go to some of the picks. I mean, we were kind of touched on earlier, the field. Honestly, I got to say, this field is a lot better than what we were expecting it to be. You know, even like a week or two ago, Phil Mickelson comes out and says, yeah, I don't really see like an advantage of playing in the Houston Open, especially if they're having fans. Because we, we mentioned last week, what's like the off chance if a fan gives a PJ Tour player COVID before the Masters and they can't play. Like, that would be devastating. That would suck so bad. But then Phil Mickelson committed to play in the Houston Open, so I don't I don't know what changed his mind, but he is a former champion, so maybe somebody was pulling strings uh, behind the scene there, but the field's pretty good. You got Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, uh, Victor Hovland, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler, Jason Day. Uh, I don't know if you include Zach Johnson in that group anymore, but, I mean, he's a major championship winner, Adam Scott, Lonto Griffin. He won the tournament last year. So uh, Jordan Spieth is also playing, just worth noting, Texas guy. So, Dang it, I can only go on Sunday, so I guess I won't see him. <laughs> hey, man, he's just trying to get those reps in, trying to get those reps in. So, uh, fellas, who are some of the guys that stick out to you, of who you like, and then official picks? KJ, start us off. Uh, two that really stand out to me, uh, obviously DJ and Brooks Kepka, but I would not be, uh, I'm not going to be picking either one of them this week. Okay. So who's your official pick? Victor Hovland. Wow. He's currently at plus uh, 1600. So you like Hovland. Why? I don't know. I just, just feel like, uh, I feel like he's going to be, uh, lighting it up this weekend. He just, I don't know. I haven't heard much about him recently. But you know he's been out there just slamming balls. And uh, I don't even know if he's been playing in tournaments the last couple of weeks. Did he play yeah, this week? I haven't heard much from Hovland. No, I don't think he did. The field last week was kind of uh, light, I would say, just because I think people are getting ready for Augusta. Also, it was in Panama, which I believe that's traveling internationally. Panama. Panama. T-Bone, do you know where Panama is on the globe? Our geography, yeah. man? Yeah. <laughs> and scene. That's yeah. oh, a question. No, it's got to be somewhere in Central America. Oh, boy. That's the best I can do. It's the Good Panama job. Canal. Okay, so your pick is Victor Hovland. T-Bone, who you like this week? So I want to pick Brooks, but it almost feels like a – you know, almost like kind of too much pressure, almost like a hometown feel for him that he's put so much time into this at this point. Um, we've got some guys. I'm, I'm curious. How many times do you think I, I doubt he's that. I doubt he's ever been here now that I think about it. <laughs> probably, I mean, he's probably to been here at least once, right? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I just have a really hard time picturing Brooks Kepka walking the, you know, laying out the blueprints, you know, really getting into the details of the course layout. There's <laughs> just he's, no way he, in hell. He's probably blissed out of his mind too when he's doing. He's like, yeah, like you can put this hill here or. That's what. Well, that makes sense because sure. if you look at the second green, I mean, no one sober designed that green. So. <laughs> Which green? Two. Two. Oh gosh, that's a nightmare. You imagine if they put it right just short of that ridge and somebody oh. hits it back there in the back, which is pretty easy to do because I think every time I played it, that one is straight into the wind. Yeah, there's some there's some uh putt putt holes, uh pin placements on that course. Um but anyways, I never like, you know, really banking on a guy who's got kind of that hometown feel to a sorts like, you know, Mike Weir winning the Canadian Open. Uh, stuff like that it just doesn't really happen. It's too good of a story. So um, even though I want to pick him, I'm not going to. Wait, did There's you a- say it's too good of a story? Is <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> I just want to make sure I heard that crooked. It's like it's like T Bone saying nobody cheers for the underdog, right? Yeah. Like anything that's almost too good to be true. Well, okay. So what's something in golf that is too good to be true? Like I would say Tiger Woods won. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Back to back. Yep. No doubt. All right, continue. Yep. Anyways, there's some guys coming off of COVID that I like a lot. DJ <laughs> coming off of COVID. Is that going to be a new thing? DJ, Adam Scott, and Scotty. All those guys, I feel like, I mean, DJ and Scotty for sure have been playing lights out. Uh, don't really know what Adam Scott's been up to. But uh, sure, I'll go with Scotty Scheffler. I'll go with Scotty like Scheffler. Scotty pick. Fresh off of COVID, Texas boy. He's ready to get back into it. Scott, if you just took um, my pick, you son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> Dang it. All right, Scotty Shuffler. Got him. Yep. Man, I love it. You know what's interesting is I feel like Azinger and all those guys, whenever they're making that Florida swing and then when they're playing in Texas, they always talk about Bermuda grass. It's almost like this Bermuda grass is a mystery to them, that they like a riddle they can't solve. It's like, I don't really find that big of a deal about Bermuda grass to y'all. Like, maybe it's because we grew up playing with it, or I don't know. Is it really that big of a deal? I don't know. I've, I've been playing golf a long time now, and I, I've been able to tell the difference on a bent grass greens. Like, when I play bent grass greens, I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. Other than that, I have no idea what the hell kind of grass it is. St. Augustine? <laughs> I know that when I'm hitting out of backyards, but other than that, <laughs> it it's all the same to me. <laughs> oh my I agree God. with that. You know when you're hitting out of Br- or out of St. Augustine, that's that's never a good sign, T Bone. Hey, you can prop it up a little bit. <laughs> in the St. Augustine, you take some you monster the, divots. You get the real yeah. juicy flyers out of that stuff. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah. What was it? A Hearthstone T Bone? Hey, Mister, is this your ball? <laughs> What? Yeah, interrupting a pool party with my rope hooked three iron. <laughs> I played uh, with that guy again uh, last Thursday for the last boys' night of the uh, last boys' night of the year. I played with that guy. Man, so I gotta tell you, I'm looking at the odds. DJ is the betting favorite, plus six hundred and fifty. So uh, obviously, because it's DJ, right? New course. It's a it's long on the scorecard, but I don't think it plays that long. Overall, I mean, there are a couple of par threes. Like number seven now is like, forget about it. It's like two forty. Green runs away from you. It's a just an fu type hole. 
but like other than that, it's nothing too shocking, I would say, especially compared to what those guys are used to. Uh, so it's no surprising that he's number one. I'm kind of surprised that Tony Finau is the second betting favorite at 16 to one. I don't know why. I, have y'all heard from Tony Finau in a while? No, not since he went and shot stupid low and then got, got the Rona. Sure. Well, if you are betting on who's winning, you better save your money and don't pick Tony Finau because that guy doesn't win anything. Poor guy. He's just he's such a good dude, too. I really, shit, I hope he wins this week. I really do. It would be a great story, and I would love to eat my words on that. But mark it down right now. Tony Finau will not win the Houston Open. He, he, like, top five, sure. Top ten, most likely. But and if he winning, does, and if he does, I think you got to put a little skin in the game. Yeah, no kidding. You were so sure about that. You gotta, oh. you gotta throw something up. Okay, I don't know what you want from me here. Like, I'll, I will say I bet the house on that, but I don't know if I want to bet my house on that. <laughs> <laughs> Linda might have something to say about that. Wait, yes, <laughs> she probably would. But, dude, it's the uh, which which one did he win? Like the one tournament he's won down in Mexico, the Soul Open, or I have no it, idea. It's it's that one tournament. That, I, I didn't know he actually won. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. look this up real quick. I know what you're talking about. Because uh, I'm sure the listenership this, right now is This like, could be – I'm kind of just brainstorming here. This could be a new segment where, you know, each week one of us got to pick someone maybe in the top 20 and who absolutely isn't going to win. And if they do, you have to do X. Puerto Rico Open. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico Open. Whoever okay. wins the Puerto Rico Open, there's like a curse that is about it. Nobody can win. If you win the Puerto Rico Open – like, put a fork in you. You're not going to win again, at least for a while. Let's see. Martin Trainer, DA Points, Alex Cheka, Jesson Hadley, Scott Brown, George McNeil. Like, who are these guys? Michael Bradley? George Kraft? Yeah. See, this is – and I hope I'm wrong about Tony Finau. He's like – And that's also like an off week too, so – <laughs> kind of like the Bermuda. Right. If you're looking for somebody like guaranteed prop bet, top five, top 10, put Tony Fina on there. Good bet. But to win, save your money. I'm not going to – I don't know. I don't know what you want from me here. I, yeah. I'll play left-handed and y'all can record the whole thing. Maybe you could do a uh, like a Phil Mickelson look next time we play so I get you in the button down. Um, I'll play golf on a button down. Maybe some aviators if you have yes. them. I will dress like Phil Mickelson the next time we play golf. And you got to do the stupid little dance. Yep. I'll do a commercial that he did with that one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Still we'll not as bad as wearing a too. fucking dress, but sure, I'll take what I can get. Well, that's because you lost to a guy in a cast. When a Kyle drunk had guy a in a cast. Angle. Yeah. I mean, I sh- again, I shot like 78 or something, so... <laughs> Again, I always think of Garza. Shout out to Garza when he's like, this guy's actually really good. Y'all just shit on him all the time, though. And he's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, love you, Scaff. So I'm also surprised that Russell Henley's uh, 16 to 1. Just, I find that shocking. So my pick was going to be Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to go with, oh gosh, I don't even know. Part of me wants to say Siwoo Kim. Shout out to Buckley. There, but I am going to go Hideki Matsuyama. I don't know why. I've Dude, absolutely. No when was the last why. time you heard that name? He won the players. No. 
He had one good round. Siwoo Kim won the players. No, Hideki won it this year. Oh. 20 players. <laughs> <laughs> After round one, Hideki Matsuyama yeah. was the leader before they canceled the tournament. So, therefore, he is your 2020 players champion. Uh, I mean, there's guys I'm definitely rooting for. Like, I love to see Charlie Hoffman win this week. Yeah. What, I don't know what rankings you're looking at because Tyrrell Hatton is number two in the power rankings this week. Yeah. I love also, that guy. I love he's that also guy. S- so 16 to one are Tony Finau, Tyrrell Hatton, Russell Henley, and Victor Hovland. And then Matsuyama is right behind him at 18 to one. And then Brooks Kepka is 20 to one. Scheffler 22 to one. Jason Day 33 to one. I just, I don't see Jason Day winning this week. Uh, Sergio Garcia is playing. Emiliano Grillo could be a decent pick. Yeah. Hmm. I, do I have to stick I to think, my Hideki Matsuyama pick? I'm not necessarily. No, you can move. I, again, with this you course. Feel right now? A little bit, yeah. With I, this think, course, I think that I, think, I, feel, I feel as strong as him not winning than uh, Finau not winning. Like, actually strong. Are you going to commit, too, to the Phil round? Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I will do that as well if, if uh, Matsuyama wins. You know okay. who I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with Wyndham Clark. What's the Houston he, Open? He did almost win this week. Yep. He's playing he had, pretty he good had, golf. What do you have, like, two-stroke lead going into 15? He lost in a playoff to Brian Gay. Yeah. I think he had two-stroke lead going into 15. So, continuing, I, I just have a segment about the, the Houston Open that just came to me, if we want to transition. Yeah. So, I'm thinking about the identity of this tournament. It's going to be in November. It's probably going to kind of be an afterthought. Do you think the – I don't think by any means it'll ever turn into the waste management, but I think the Houston Open could potentially turn into, like, a party-ish vibe type tournament. No one cares about it too much because it's not in, the, in like, the heat of major season. You've got Washington right down the road. <laughs> Washington right down the road. Everyone – you know, being inside the loop, you're gonna uh, you're gonna have a younger crowd probably. I think it could have some partyish vibes to it. It has party vibes every year that I've gone. Which no, is just you think that. Yeah, no, that's just you. <laughs> that's KJ bringing the party. If any of the uh, listeners want to have a good time out there, just uh, try to find me out there on Sunday. The I'm DMs sure are probably. open. DM us. That's interesting you say that, T-Bone. I would love to see the Houston Open turn into something like that because it'll be fun. Like I said, it's at the heart of the city. Not many PGA Tour tournaments are in the heart of the city. If you're a PGA Tour player, like, what do you do when you're not playing golf? Like, are you going out to nice restaurants? You think people recognize who you are out there? Like, I don't, I don't know what they do in their off time. Yeah, they probably don't go, I'd go out too much, but. No. Especially oh, right before the Masters, I feel like everybody's going to be even more, like, just yeah. golf and mm. stay away from everybody. Don't get COVID, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, you, imagine, say, you imagine if you're a first-time, like, Masters player and you get the Rona right before and you can't play in the Masters, it'd just be like, oh, my gosh. Like, this that is a lifelong suck. dream. <laughs> that would I will suck. say, when we went to Vegas for the Shriners Hospital Open a couple years ago, we went out uh, Saturday night and or – we went out Friday night, and we definitely saw a bunch of the PJ Tour guys out of the casino, those who missed the cut. So I'm not going to say who. Definitely saw them. 
Uh, do we know if uh, for another pod, Chris Stroud is playing this week? Uh, I couldn't get the I couldn't get the full filled up. All I could get was the power rankings. Right. That's a miss on our part, but yeah, I would love to uh, send good vibes to Chris Stroud his way. H Town guy, he's the first and only PGA Tour player who has been on this podcast. So shout out to Chris Stroud. Hope you do well this week if you're playing. Yeah, we really should know if he is. Also, new title sponsor for the Houston Open. I don't know if we brought that up. Yeah, what Go is for it? it? I know it's Vivint. Vivint. What, yeah, it's what, Vivint what is or it? Vivant. I don't know. But that's it. what I'm asking. What is it? Uh, <laughs> like, you know what Vivant is... kind of sounds like? You know. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Vivant, Vivant, whatever the hell it is, is they have a bunch of smart home technology stuff type stuff so yeah it's kind of like security yeah like it's similar to like ring ring doorbells they've got a bunch of security stuff um i think other like smart home features uh thermostats things like that hey i noticed noticed nobody picked up your Danny danny willis playing yeah oh man he's gonna he you know what he could have a back to back pga tour uh run right now Win the Houston Open and then go slam it at the Masters again? Wouldn't you love to see that? I think T-Bone would rather pound sand than That'd be a bummer. Do that. No, uh, nobody picked our, our last year's winner, uh, Lanto Griffin. Talk about a throwback. Man. Camilo with Jagus teeing it up. The old spider. It would be good to see Camilo win, especially everything that happened earlier this year with his family. That would be a pretty good story, I think, for, uh, for Camilo to win. You know, the one thing that the Roan has done is, seriously, even bigger tournaments, you see some of the bigger guys not play. So you get to see a lot of these up-and-comers or these name, these guys that we used to see every week that aren't really making it now. So it, it does kind of change the fields for us every week instead of having, you know, your top 25 there pretty much every week. That's true. Yeah, you know, we've all said that about fall events. If somebody's going to win a fall event – or, like, if someone's going to try to make a name for themselves, do it in the fall. But this is a more – it's a better field than most fall events, probably because it's the week before the Masters, and we've never had a fall right. Masters before. So this is – I don't want to use – I think the word unprecedented is thrown, a word out, is thrown out way too often, especially right now. But this is, like, a really unprecedented time in golf, the first ever fall Masters probably the only fall masters that's ever going to happen. So yeah, I don't know. It's funny seeing like former, the, the, this is on pjtour.com. Like it lists like former winners, Jimmy Walker's playing. He's like in the top five here because he won a PGA championship. Nice. I don't expect There's Jimmy Texas Walker to be boy. here. He's Baylor guy. Sick him Jimmy. So, all right. Well, I think that's all I got at least for the Houston open overall parting thoughts. So KJ's got Hovland. Scott, uh, T-Bone's got Scotty, and then I have – I forgot. Matt Siyama. No, I don't want Matt Siyama. Nope. You switched. I switched. Nope. To – I have no idea. <laughs> I totally forgot. I don't think you ever finished it up. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. This is embarrassing. <laughs> we were doing well. No, Wyndham Clark. Oh, there yeah, that's go. right. That's Wyndham right. Clark. That's who I think is going to win. Clearly, I'm very emotionally tied to – <laughs> you can't remember so, who you picked 10 then, minutes ago. 
And I think another KJ. good value pick is JT Poston, BT Dubs. Yeah, so T-Bone, you didn't pick anybody who definitely isn't going to win. He's got Finau. I got Matsuyama. And it's got to be like a name. It can't be some rando. Yeah, we'll go with – um, let's see. Phil Mickelson. Sure. Phil, so, Phil's back playing. He's 100% playing? Yeah. Yep. Nice. So, if any of those three win, we've got to dress like Phil in our next round. I'll also say Brooks Koepka. I don't think Brooks, Brooks is going to win. I don't know, the course, the course does play long because there's some holes out there that, like, why would you hit driver? It was funny reading the PJ Tour article on it this morning. They're like, it's going to be an exciting finish. And I'm like, 18 kind of sucks. 18 yeah. is not really like a finish, uh, like, and, you know, TBC Sawgrass or the way it was over at Redstone. Like, that 18 pole was, whoa. 17 will be sick. 17 will um, be fun. Um, also, I, I really think two is going to be awesome. I yeah. really do. It's going to be fun. Because one, you'll get to see darts. And two, you'll get to see some of the best players in the world struggle. If you go long left and that pin is just over that ridge or just below it, you can't stop that ball before it almost rolls in the bunker or off the ground. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some some backspin on those shots. (laughs) Um, Another thing just to – I think today is one of the worst days of the year for a golfer. Daylight savings, specifically KJ. I don't know, just checking in on you. I don't know what you're going to do anymore. Um, I'm definitely a lot more calm on the outside than I'm on the inside. I'm kind of losing it. Um, the whole, I'm going to get an 18 and be at the course almost every day by a three is no longer a thing. Nope. The range is also closing earlier. Like, so before dark, dark. So if I want to just even go hit balls, not happening pretty much. Nope. So yeah, life pretty much sucks. <laughs> That's it. I just imagine KJ's, you know, verbal gif or verbal meme. With the, the cartoon characters sitting in the burning room and said, this is fine. Everything's Everything fine. fine. Everything's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. Everything's, Everything's fine. Oh, Every, everything or fine. the Ross Geller, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. That's KJ right now. Daylight saving sucks. Yeah, it really does. I, like, yeah. I'm actually almost going to have to actually take off to play as much golf as I used to. Tough scene. At least until March. When we spring yeah. forward. So, daylight saving is the worst. Makes no sense yeah. either. So, Not a fan. Uh, fellas, that's all I got. Uh, yep. Pretty exciting week. Hopefully, we'll be out there. Tickets are a little more expensive. Can uh, we still buy we'll tickets for Sunday? I don't know. We need to get on that because we'll I'm not it. sure if I'm getting them yet. Right. If we are, we'll bring you live coverage. So that's why you need to follow us on our social media channels at 300ParPod. That is the number three, 300ParPod on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast. Leave a review on what you think of the tournament and then let us know. The DMs are open. Shoot us an email that's in the description below who you think is going to win this week at the Houston Open, the Vivant, Vivant, Houston Open. Maybe we'll figure it out. That's one of our goals for this week. Figure out how to say it is how to sponsor. We're nailing it. <laughs> We're crushing the game right now. Next week, the Masters, full-on Masters preview. We're going to do our segment and then right after or beforehand, not sure yet, we're going to do uh, – we're going to have Garza – on the pod, pick them, baby. Masters pool. He's our full pick them, and we'll break down who we like. And then for our pool, if you'd like to be in it, let me know. Again, email or DMs are open. So that's all I got, fellas. I'm Scott for KJ and T Bone. And remember, little white balls live.